Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Well, got a little bit tight at the end, uh, but South African Ash Buhai made it back-to-back Australian Opens, holding out Minji Lee by one stroke up at the Australian. And the morning after, Ash has been good enough to join us. Uh, Ash, thanks for your time and congratulations. Morning. Thank you very much. How did we celebrate uh, winning back-to-back Australian Opens? Um, finally, once I got done with all media requirements, um, met some family and friends that were out yesterday watching for a really nice dinner. What does it feel any different winning it this year than than the first time you did? Um, maybe just a little bit. I think I was a bit calmer yesterday than I was last year. Um, but you know, to have the pressure of trying to go back to back, and obviously with Minji making the charge yesterday. Um, and having majority of the support, um, you know, I was just proud of myself for hanging in there and, and being able to pull off the back-to-back wins. Take us through the conditions yesterday, watching from afar and watching the television coverage. It, it looked pretty tough out there, particularly uh, on the back nine. Yeah, it got really tough. Um, the wind started to gust. I mean, they were calling for 30 to 40 kilometres an hour gust and that's exactly what would happen. Like you would hit the shots and one minute it would help it, one minute as much and one minute it wouldn't. So it was hard to like figure out the exact yardage of how much it would help or hurt it. Um, but, you know, I managed to stay patient. I knew obviously that they had to come and chase me. So my caddy and I just said, let's play smart golf. Um, you know, a lot of the holes for me was a left to right wind. I had a fade, tuck left pin. So, you know, I'm always kind of hitting it away from the flag, which made it a little difficult to get it close for me. But I just hung in there and stayed really patient and stuck to doing what I had to do. So you're four shots up with five to play, and then you walk to the 18th, and that, that lead's been cut to one stroke. I noticed, as you said, after the round, you knew Minji Lee was going to keep coming. She was making birdies. So what did, did you have a conversation with the caddy when you got to the 18th, or what were you telling yourself when you stepped up to, to hit your tee shot on the 18th? Well, I think, you know, people that were watching, it was huge for me. I mean, I hit five wood into 17 I was in the semi rough and for some reason it just came out with so much spin I mean it was crazy how it ballooned up in there and I was saying go as in try carry the bunker next minute it was in the water and my cat and I looked at each other and we were like that is just crazy so I didn't make a bad swing it was just a fluke shot almost with that wind but to make up and down from 65 meters was huge um so to still stand on 18 with a one-shot lead again I said to myself I haven't lost the lead par five in hand Minji hits it long. I knew she would be able to get get there in two, but, you know, unfortunately for her, she pulled the drive. So I was like, okay, we're good. you know, I can just play this as a three-shot hole, put the pressure on her to try and force the hand. And um, 
you know, luckily for me, Paul was good enough. We're talking to back-to-back Australian Open winner Ash Buhai. Just take us through, take us through your first putt on eighteen because you left yourself a bit to do with that final putt. <laughs> yeah, I've putted so well the whole week, and the greens at the Australian were just unbelievable. Um, I love putting on quick greens, and because that way I don't have to think of pace. And again, I was just like, all right, just put on the stroke, do you know, do what you have to. And it'll get to the hole, and it just didn't get to the hole at all. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, it's still got, like, two and a half feet left. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just stood up there, stuck to my process and my steps that I have in my putting, and that's all I could focus on, and, uh, yeah, knocked it in. Take us through the week. A lot of people absolutely love the format with the men and women playing at the Australian Open at the same time, you play around at the Lakes, you play three at the Australian. Just take us through the week and, and in particular how you found the two courses up there in Sydney. Yeah, the only thing is it's, it's obviously a long week for us players because we've got to get practice rounds on two courses per arm. So I played Monday at the Lakes, 18 holes, the nine holes on Tuesday at the Australian, then used the Australian, the program on Wednesday to play 18. Um I think the tricky thing this year was jumping between the two different grasses um, at the lakes and the Australian with the fairways. Um, and with the undulations at, at the lakes, the greens were just a little bit slower. So there was a bit of adjustment, but, you know, go, both courses were in fantastic condition. Um, and everybody at both courses were just so hospitable. And, you know, I think it was just it's so cool to be able to have the men, women, all abilities all playing in one venue People get to watch the best of the best, um, both doing what they do well. And the crowds, to play in front of those crowds is just, it was just unbelievable. Yeah, fantastic galleries uh, all weekend uh, across uh, both courses, which was which was sensational. What's what's the plan now? We're getting closer towards Christmas. Is there a bit of a break for you now? What's your sort of next uh, one to two months look like? Yeah, the clubs are now officially being put away. Um, they can collect cobwebs for the next four weeks. Uh, I'm sticking around in Oz for another two weeks, just going to enjoy myself going away to Port Stephens today with some family and friends for a week's holiday. And then I'll come back to Sydney, just hang out here, um, see more friends that I wasn't able to see this week. And then I'll head back to South Africa for Christmas for about three and a half weeks before getting back to the States to restart uh, late January for LPGA season. Australia's certainly been very kind to you. What is it that you like about playing the courses over here so much? Um, I think in general, the courses just suit my game, my eye. Um, And I think coming down, I've been coming down here since I was 13. And I've got so much support here. I've got friends and family. So I just think I feel comfortable I always say South Africa and Australia have so many similarities, mm. food, people, weather, that I just, it feels like a, it's home away from home in a way. And you mentioned after the round yesterday, you, you knew Minji was going to come. She had eight birdies for her round. Did you, did that add some pressure for you? Or as you said earlier, you, you just knew that, you know, you had the lead, they had to chase and you just had to, just had to concentrate on your own game. Sure, there was pressure, but I didn't let it get to me. I stayed in my own little bubble. Myself and my caddy said, all right, it's just us out here. And especially on, um, Menji made an unbelievable putt on 10, and I think I went maybe three ahead there. Uh, the lead was cut to three, and I just said, oh, just keep doing what we're doing. She has to chase. Uh, if I just play par golf, hit it to my spaces on the green, you know, don't force the issue, then... Um, 
eventually hopefully we just run out of holes and it's enough and that's kind of what I did um like I said 17 I was just was just a fluke shot and that's why I don't even think I was upset and I think that's why I was able to compose myself and make that up and down from 65 meters so as we look ahead to 2024 what's on the the wish list for 2024 you got the the open championship a couple of years ago is it is sort of is winning yeah. another major is that the, at the top of the list or how do you sort of set your goals for 2024 um, to be honest, I haven't got that far yet. I'd just like to completely switch off from golf now, um, not think about it for a little bit. But I'll sit down with my team in a few weeks' time and we'll come up with a game plan for next year. I think we've also figured out, you know, now that I have the ability to pick and choose my schedule, rather play maybe, you know, I'm not going to play a lot less, but play only like three events in a row and take two weeks off because we just find that when I'm fresh for a tournament, I'd rather rock up fresh and be able to compete than try finish 45th so just when I take weeks off take two weeks off so that I'm able to have a week off from golf and then use a week to prepare for the next tournament so we're going to look at the schedule and see how that's going to work out. Do you find it easy to switch off from golf we hear a lot of you know athletes say they do find it hard to switch off but for you once the clubs are put away for a while you find it pretty easy just to to switch off from the game? Not really. Uh, like I say, I'm a golf nerd. I love the game. Whenever I'm not playing, I'm watching. I mean, we're home in the US. Our TV's permanently on Golf Channel. <laughs> so whatever golf is going on around the world, it's I'm watching and always thinking about it. But it's just how we're built, and I guess that's what makes us good competitors. You mentioned there you're a golf nerd, Ash. I mean, it's been a tumultuous time for golf the last 18 to 24 months. Is it watching from afar? Has it been... Do you find it all a little bit sad, particularly what's happening in the men's game with, with with live golf and the separation and a lot of tension between, you know, a lot of people in the game? I do, especially when it all first happened. Um, you know, you you want this game to be worldwide and for everybody to be able to play where they want to play and get the recognition. But, you know, at the same time, with so much money in sport nowadays, um, you know, money talks and and it's hard for people to step away from that. So, you know, I think with this, the whole merger that might happen or what's going on, um, you know, they're starting to be able to come onto a level playing field, but obviously see what Kim be able to play down here yesterday when he said he was so grateful to be able to, to, to play down here. Um, but hopefully in the next year we'll figure it out and golf, will start to become closer, you know, all all the tours will start to become and work together and the game will get back to where it was. We're pretty biased down here in Australia, Ash. We think we've got some of the best courses in the world and the world ratings for some of our courses would suggest that. Can you see a time across both men and women's golf there'll be more tournaments in Australia and and more of the very best in the world will be keen to come here and play some golf? I mean, I would like that. I would like to... <laughs> come down and play a few tournaments every year like we used to. Unfortunately, with as much golf that's being played now in the world, scheduling just becomes difficult. We only have so many weeks. Um, I do miss when the LPGA and the ADT, we had the combine, when we used to play Vic Open, when we were co-sanctioned with the LPGA down here, we played in February. Um, so, you know, hopefully in the next few years we can figure out the scheduling a little bit better. But it's at the same time, you know, the expenses to come down here and the, the journey, it's it's a long way. And that's also what, unfortunately, you know, defers players from coming down to play here. Well, I'm pretty safe to say we can lock you in to come back next year and try and make it three in a row. 
Definitely. I'll, def- I'll be back in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ash, congratulations once again uh, to win back-to-back Australian Opens with such a quality field. is an amazing achievement. Uh, enjoy Port Stephens. Enjoy your time in Australia. Have a great Christmas, and uh, let's hope there's bigger and better things for you in 2024. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.